It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Talk shoes. Recorded live. Morning, good evening, wherever you may be, across the nation or around the world. Once again, you are listening to the VMware Community's Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 474. My name is Eric Nilsson, and today is Wednesday, April 24th, and I have really no co-host today except maybe Tony Foster, who's online. Hey, Tony, how's it going today? Hey, Doug. I'm doing simply wonderful. Heavy on the simple. Nice. We'll just have to repeat the uh, color of the bay where last week it was definitely uh, a turquoise blue. And it is yet again another sunny day today. So we're pretty excited about uh, the weather we've been having. It's been in the 80s. Really, really nice. Um, So good day today. Hey, everybody on Facebook. How's it going? My partner, John uh, White, is uh, out today, so we won't have him. But in the studio today, we do have uh, two of our guests, which is really a privilege to have them in the studio. We have Matt Bradford. He's a technical product line marketing manager for the CMBU, focusing on vRealize operation, and you're out of Boston. So Exactly, yeah. Welcome to the studio. Pleasure to thanks, be here. Thanks for being here. And then at the same time, we have Matt Jones. Matt's also a product marketing manager for CMBU for vRealize operations. I don't know where you're from, Matt, but you're in the studio, so it's great to have you. Yeah, uh, based out of Palo Alto, so just across campus. Oh, very nice, very nice. Yep, so the color of the bay is going to be turquoise blue because it's sunny and gorgeous here. Uh, it's it's really exciting to have the good weather. Uh, we're going to be obviously talking about uh, vRealize Operations 7.5. I think it's launched recently, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. it's been out for a little over a week now. So very yep. exciting. Must yeah. be good times for you guys doing the circuits, uh, making sure you're talking about everything that's new, Absolutely. that kind of stuff. So we'll talk about that. But before we do that, we'll just do a little bit of the news. I have a tiny bit of news. John, my news guy's not here today, so we'll just we'll just live with the news that I do have. Uh, one that thing that's out is Enterprise PKS released. So I think there's a new release of Enterprise PKS. So we'll bring them on and talk to them. That's been happening. Uh, VMworld is coming up. Obviously, the, I think the registration is going to open early registration somewhere in early May. So coming up because, geez, it's already almost May. So uh, look forward to getting people regged. Uh, we'll be talking more and more about VMworld and what's happening uh, at VMworld. Crippa is going to Singapore. They're doing a hackathon for uh, a charity. So the ch- a charity event, they're going to do a hackathon, raise money for, um, I believe it is uh, Children's uh, Foundation of some type. So if you're in APJ and you hear about the hackathon, uh, go write some code. They're going to actually take the code they write and they're going to uh, use the code to help that organization. So they're doing for a call for hacks on things that will make that organization work smoothly and better. So uh, Kripa will be heading over to APJ land. Um, I think also there's uh, KubeCon in Europe. So a bunch of the marketing guys are going out to KubeCon. So if you're in uh, Barcelona again and you want to hang out there, I mean, we have KubeCon that's going. I think there is the the Mobile World Congress that goes there. VMworld goes there. So mm-hmm. if you happen, you should just live in Barcelona. Then you can just go to all the, all the events without having to travel. Um, so that's happening. Uh, I think other than those things and VMworld coming out, I think we're good to go. I think that's it for the news. Lots of VMUG activity going on all over the the world. So go check out vmug.com, I believe it is, and look at the events page and see when your next VMUG meeting is going on. All right. That's a short, quick news environment. Corey's on vacation. John's on vacation. It's summertime. We're excited. And vRealize Operations has a new release, and, and here we are. So we always start out, I guess we'll tar- start with maybe Matt Jones. Tell us a little bit about uh, how long you've worked at VMware and what do you do, and what did you do before you got to VMworld? So the, the one-minute elevator pitch of who you are and what you do. Sure, yeah. So I've been at VMware uh, full-time for about eight and a half months now, so uh, not quite a year. I just finished my MBA at UCLA Anderson Uh, Last year, um, I interned with VMware uh, in cloud management product marketing last summer. Um, I guess they liked me enough to invite me back full-time, so that's what I'm doing now. Um, 
In my previous life, uh, I worked for a couple different market research firms, so uh, Ipsos and then Radius Global Market Research, uh, leading research studies for um, a variety of tech clients uh, kind of in and around the Austin area. So um, really happy to have made the shift to product marketing and definitely thrilled to be working at VMware today. All right. And the big question is, do you have a Twitter account yet? Uh, <laughs> I, I had a Twitter account. It is no longer active. Oh, so we'll, we'll have we're to change that. We're going to yeah. yeah. get you back on that, on that bandwagon. All right. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks. Thanks, Matt. Matt Jones. Good to have you here in the studio. That sounds great. Um, now we'll move on to Matt Bradford. Matt Bradford uh, from the Boston area. Uh, tell yeah. us who you are, what you do here at VMware, and what have you done in your career? Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm a technical product line marketing manager. Been in this role since January, actually. So um, brand new to it. Uh, came here. I've been at VMware for the past three years. Technical account manager helping uh, all of our healthcare customers in the Boston, uh, New England area. Uh, before that, I was a customer, um, systems administrator, using all of VMware's products, uh, deploying them, everything. Um, been a V expert since 2015, and uh, um, I'm Twitter at VMSpot. There you go, at VMSpot, capital V-M-S. And then That's right. P-O-T, right? So. That is the VM spot. Yeah. yeah. So both of you kind of a couple noobs here, right? Yeah. Now. Yeah. 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 And, and they accept that you've been obviously with VMware products and, and doing a lot of right. stuff. But to V-Realize uh, uh, VROps uh, kind of new and so getting your feet wet. Um, how, what's, your, what's your impression of, uh, of, the, of the job so far? Uh, yeah, it's been it's been really excellent. I love the team I'm on. Um, I I love uh, our product. I really uh, resonate with the overall VMware vision and kind of where uh, VR Ops fits into that. And uh, we'll definitely go into a little more detail on how the latest release uh, fleshes that out um, a little later. But yeah, no, it's it's been really excellent. I think we have a, a really great team uh, and a, a really impressive product. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, being on a smaller team, everything, we feel a lot more like family um, coming from a, a technical account manager where there's hundreds of us across the uh, across the globe. It's, it's kind of nice to have that tight knit family between you know, product marketing, uh, product management, engineering. Um, right. So how did you work out of Boston then and get this gig? You know, um, really just kind of starting out uh, creating videos. So I've got a, a background in television. That's my uh, college degree. Um, and then just got on tech marketing's radar and just been trying for a couple of years to, to get in. So finally nice, made it happen. Nice. Yeah. I tell people that. I said, if you really want a job at VMware, go become a V expert, yep. get products, learn products, talk about products, use products. And sooner or later, somebody will give you a job because exactly. they're like, hey, there's somebody that really digs our products. Yeah. And so it's good. So topic today, V Realize Ops. You're doing a VR Ops. We're doing what's the full product name there? V Realize Operations, Operations yep. Management. All right. So seven point five. Uh, why don't yeah. we talk about seven point five? Who wants to take us through what's new? Why? When? How? What are we doing? Sure. So I mean, we can start off with like where we come from. Um, I know it's been a little while since we've been on the show to uh, talk about V Realize Operations. Um, you know, with the 7.0, that was a big release for us. Uh, with uh, you know, new dashboard. Uh, Canvas, uh, being able to uh, kind of do some visualization around uh, dashboard creation. Um, uh, you know, just, just a lot of improvements with 7.0. Uh, you know, 6.7, we completely rewrote the entire capacity engine. Um, so we're, you know, just adding more and more features on top of that. Um, you know, with 7.5, we've got uh, new features like being able to plan, like what if planning, like what if I was going to add more vSAN nodes to my cluster? Um, and, you know, that's in addition to you know, 7.0, we brought in, like, what if I was just going to add host to a cluster? So we're really kind of building upon um, a lot of those planning type of things. Um, you know, if you're really, you know, want to get into the nitty-gritty, right, um, and start playing with things like supermetrics, uh, we got a brand-new supermetric editor. So any of you who are uh, familiar with, uh, you know, IDEs, whether it's uh, Visual Studio or, you know, your favorite text editor with uh, um, some code integrations there, uh, we've, we've done a lot with uh, the supermetric editor, a lot of excitement around that. Um, Interesting, yeah. yeah. I, I I looked up when the when the last show was, and uh, you guys were on. Oh gosh, now I have to look at my history because <laughs> I lost the. There we go. You guys were on 
show number 395. Wow. Uh, so almost 100 shows ago. Yeah, yeah 100 shows <laughs> That's ago. That's cool. A century uh, And we were talking about uh, release 6.6. .6 oh, wow. 6.6. Oh, wow. Yeah. A lot has changed since yeah. then. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, we've, we've only got 50 minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. We can go way back. 12, 2017. I might be missing an episode here, but that was uh, that's uh, that's where that's what the that's what the records say. So. And I'll I'll just I'll just add on broadly if if I can onto uh, you know what Matt was describing in, in terms of some of the really cool new features that we've added and uh, I guess six seven then seven zero and now seven five. Uh, I think kind of the the knock on VR ops in the past was that it was you know it was very expert friendly right mm. uh, so it was something that was. Uh, you know, very, uh, very, you know, intricate, and there was a, a lot of nuance and a lot of uh, kind of deeper features that your um, operations experts could could really get into. But it was kind of tough for a, a beginner to uh, understand where to start. And I think, um, as somebody who comes from a, a much less technical background uh, than than Matt here, I think. Uh, especially, you know, the last few releases, it, it seems like a lot has really gone into making this not only expert friendly, but kind of beginner friendly uh, as well, just between uh, the interface and some of the uh, kind of guided workflows. And so um, I, I, I latched on to um, kind of the, the new design and um, the the different kind of use cases pretty quickly. Uh, and again, as, as somebody uh, who doesn't have as much of a technical background. I think that that says a lot to kind of how far the product has come in terms of user friendliness. And so, right. Right. So we, we, we start at the top and go like reasons. What, what are the major reasons that uh, you see? And then with new release, why would I keep current with this thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Were you going to say something? Matt, or? No. no oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, really? So, so reasons for using the product, um, yeah. you know, we've got, we've got it broken down into really four categories. We call them the four tenants. Um, you know, if you want to deal with uh, workload optimization, making sure that things are running where they're supposed to be running. Uh, if you're looking at things like capacity, right? Um, do I have uh, areas where I can, you know, maybe reclaim resources instead of buy and purchase new hardware? Maybe I'm doing planning for that next big project that, um, you know, we need to deploy 20 new virtual machines. You know, where can I run these? Um, you know, if we're trying to troubleshoot, right? Uh, things like uh, virtual machines, ESXi hosts, vSAN. Um, you know, any of those types of scenarios. We got some really cool features around that too that, that I hope we can touch on. Um, and then, you know, compliance too. Compliance is becoming a, a really big thing with a lot of our customers, HIPAA, PCI, uh, FISMA. Um, you know, we've got management packs for a lot of those. You can create custom compliance now too. Um, if you're just concerned with, you know, maybe one aspect of HIPAA, um, you know, you can customize things a lot now too. So really the, the products come a long way. I mean, really if 6.6 was the last time we talked about it like that was a whole new user interface where you know we started building out these um, tenets here of again like you know really why did you log in right why why are you here okay I'm here to troubleshoot all right you know we're we're gonna guide you through mm -hmm. um, all of that and you know to Matt's point of yeah it, the older versions used to be very expert friendly but now it's you know we can drill down deep into the data but you know, it's more useful if we can give you recommendations too, right? So, mm -hmm. um, you know, we can point out actions that you can take against the data that you're seeing within the product. Nice, nice, nice. So uh, that was one of the pillars, right? You mentioned four pillars. I just yep. want to reiterate, what are the other four? Sure. Or the other three. Sure. So the, the four pillars are, you know, workload optimization, Got it. Um, capacity, Troubleshooting management. Yep. Those are all the four. Those are the four. Those exactly. Are the four. Yep. Those are the four. Yeah. Um, when the, as, as the product's maturing, right, what are yeah. we seeing from a use case perspective? Um, are people jumping in? Are, are they starting small, going big? Are enterprise jumping in to really get a handle on, you know, operationally running a large number of capacity VMs that then you have to manage workloads? Mm -hmm. What do you see the sweet spot of the, you know, adoption of this? Yeah, I mean, the adoption really because... You know, we want to collect as much information as we can with ops. So, you know, we start out with deployments um, connected to all of the vCenters, really. You know, instead of just kind of being a small, you know, we're going to sort of test the waters out here. We're going to start collecting all of that data. Um, and then really, yeah, it depends upon the customer's use case too, right? Why did they purchase vROPs? Are, are they having capacity issues? Are they having troubleshooting issues? Um, you know, but really the key here is collect as much of that data as possible because, you know, things like capacity, right? We want to have some historical information of, you know, how much capacity were we using last week versus the week before. So we can start trending that and start, you know, doing um, uh, capacity planning and, and projections around that data. So um, that's, that's really, you know, what, what we're recommending to customers, what we're seeing is, you know, just kind of deploy it and then we can start, you know, picking away at the little use cases of 
you know, what, again, what are we trying to do with the product? Okay. So now you're doing new release, right? What yeah. are some of the major things that uh, you guys got to focus on? And when is the, la- when was the last release? How often are we doing releases with this? We're doing about two a year. Um, you know, that's been the pace uh, for past year or so. Um, cause I think 7.0 came out in August of last year. Yeah, it was right before um, VMworld. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> um, yeah, 7.5 was a huge release for us. Uh, I, I want to say we had like over a hundred new features in here. Um, just, just a ton of content to cover. Um, you know, from, uh, from little things, UI improvements up to big things like, you know, like I said, the, uh, super metric editor, uh, being able to do metric correlation, right. Saying, okay, I see these spikes and, you know, on this metric, maybe I want to look at it, you know, maybe it's CPU, maybe I want, you know, ops to be able to pick out other metrics that have very similar patterns, um, you know, within that virtual machine or maybe across other virtual machines. Um, so, you know, it's, <laughs> it, just a ton of new features. Um, those are a couple of my favorites, anyways. But it's really been kind of hard to pick. Uh, hard to pick what what I really like the most. But yeah, I think I think there's definitely been some big themes uh, in in the last few releases, right? So six seven was when we started really you know messaging around and moving towards like self driving operations and and this kind of notion of being the management pain uh, on your you know self driving data center, right? So VMware. Uh, used to to be in essence a virtualization company and was you know for maybe 10 15 years and now uh, you know that's kind of evolved into this vision of the software defined data center which is increasingly moving towards the self-driving data center right and so uh, you know VR ops we really see as kind of the management pain uh, to optimize the the self-driving nature of that data center um, and so you know to that end uh, I think, I think there's been kind of themes around each of those four pillars that, that Matt, you, you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. So performance, capacity, remediation, and compliance. Uh, so in, in the previous couple of releases, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing for performance was introducing that automated uh, workload balancing, right? So mm-hmm. VROps today is in a place where uh, you, can, you can choose to, as a user, essentially take your hands off the wheel um, you know, the, introduce it to your environment, set kind of the operational or business-oriented policies that you want it to observe, uh, and then to the extent you're comfortable, right, take your hands off the wheel and let VR ops proactively uh, optimize the performance of your environment for you. Um, and so that's that's been kind of the big theme around performance with the last few releases, right? Uh, and then capacity, I think the biggest one has been the new analytics engine that I think you alluded to earlier as well. Um, so it's, you know, it's real time now, right? It's, it's, uh, it's able to, um, you know, forecast for future capacity needs in a really accurate way. Um, it's able to uh, incorporate this notion of periodicity. And so if there's, you know, like a certain time of month uh, or even like a certain time of year that you might expect demand spikes. It's able to proactively, uh, you know, predict the those sort of unique capacity needs in your environment and accommodate for that. Um, and then I think the biggest thing that we've been really pressing into with, with the remediation pillar, so right, the third of these four pillars, uh, is uh, kind of HCI and vSAN management. W- mm-hmm. Would you agree with that as kind of the one of the bigger themes uh, I guess that and application monitoring now. So we'll, you know, we can get into more specifics later. But um, you know, we really, we really view VR Ops today as kind of the the best management tool for vSAN. You know, VR Ops and vSAN are, are very tightly intertwined. There's been a lot of new integrations. Uh, VR Ops really views vSAN as a, a first class citizen. It's able to balance uh, vSAN workloads. Uh, you know, plan uh, HCI initiatives. Uh, and you know troubleshoot vSAN issues as well uh, with a number of dashboards. So, so when we get into balancing vSAN workloads, that's mm-hmm. an interesting one because I'm just learning, mm-hmm. and I'm sure some of some of the guys that are listening know this. Some of them don't, so I'll just dig in a little bit. Like sure. when you're talking vSAN, vSAN storage, okay, storage workloads. How do you predict what, how much workload a storage app or an app is going to used do you have templates how do you actually define or is it just historical i've seen this app before i know what it's doing i know how much uh how much you know io capacity it's going to need how are you guys managing that from an ai perspective yeah so i mean from from a forecasting perspective exactly it's based on historical you know use of 
what's this virtual machine consuming? You know, what are all the virtual machines across this vSAN data store consuming? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're able to predict that out to, you know, again, using uh, uh, trend it out to say, okay, on this date, right, older versions of the product used to say like, oh, you've got, you know, 120 days remaining. Um, we're going to tell you that. But we're also going to tell you what day that, you know, we expect to run out of capacity so you can plan, you know, purchase more hardware, uh, move workloads around. Um, All right. So you're not dynamically changing the storage map in right. order to, in order to allow AVM to have particular higher I/O throughput or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. We're not doing any sort of like uh, you know storage policy management or anything like that. Right. All We're right. still leaving that at the VCN. Uh, domain layer. Okay. All right. You're just giving me predictability on when, when I'm going to run out of storage. Exactly. When to add more. The, the other thing we can do too with like balancing workloads, right? So you've got like distributed resource scheduler uh, within vSphere, uh, which does a good job balancing workloads, balancing virtual machines between hosts within a cluster. Um, we, we introduced uh, workload optimization uh, a while back. And, you know, what that does is that, that, builds us takes us outside of that that constraint of a cluster and say okay you know this cluster is running really hot this cluster is really cool uh, maybe we can move some workloads around you know free up some resources uh, 7.5 we now support uh, vSAN data stores too so um, you know before it used to be you know move from one uh, who's data moving store the cluster. workload is uh... so we're, we're actually we're, we're still leveraging v, uh, vMotion okay under, yeah, the so covers, you're so. under the covers but are yeah. you driving are you we are, are driving you're doing that yep so, exactly. all right, so that is doing that so you're predictively yeah. deciding and then shifting workload based on based, based on, on demand and demand yeah. on storage exactly right. uh, demand on storage cpu and memory as well right because right. vsan we're still relying on that same you know those same uh, resources that our virtual machines are all so right, right so you're not tweaking it at the storage level but you're tweaking right. it at the workload level across you know a cluster or whatever exactly yep right yep yeah, and my understanding is that, you know, DRS works within the cluster, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but VROps can kind of coordinate those cross-cluster moves uh, and and with most workloads even uh, coordinate, you know, what host that workload will land on even when moving across clusters. Yeah. And, uh, that can be really useful for, um, say, controlling your, you know, sort of business-critical apps that you want only running on, uh, kind of top tier hardware or uh, even controlling software license costs. We actually had a, a customer that we talked to recently that was able to cut their uh, software licensing costs in, in half for a, a database management tool they were using uh, by this kind of host space workload placement feature that, that VROps is able to coordinate. And so that's definitely a, a really powerful feature that um, that our, our users are able to take advantage of today. Yeah. And, and, you know, with the vSAN side of things, I mean, there, there were some challenges getting vSAN, uh, supporting vSAN, moving workloads from one cluster, vSAN cluster to another. Um, and and those, those three things really are uh, making sure that uh, we're not going to violate any storage policies mm-hmm. that are applied to that virtual machine. Um, we don't want to impact workloads, right? Uh, operations is all about improving performance of your environment. So if we're doing things, if vSAN is doing like a resync, um, or, you know, if we're going to encroach on Slack space that, that vSAN needs to be able to do its job, um, we're not going to do that, right? So um, these are kind of things that we had to do, you know, behind the scenes to make vSAN work. And, um, you know, we want to make sure it's reliable and uh, make sure we get it right. So it's here nice. in 7.5. Nice, nice. Right. So um, drilling down on any new feature that, that is, is worth talking about, like are there any of your, do you have like a favorite thing that, that you spend your time uh, looking at or are they all just, you, you just have this job that calls, you have to go market all of it? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think the uh, the application monitoring that we've introduced in in seven five is uh, actually a, a really cool kind of set of features. Um, so we're we're now using Telegraph agents for native application monitoring uh, within VROps. So that's that's the same agent that Wavefront uses for uh, their application monitoring as well. Uh, but the goal with you know kind of introducing Telegraph agent based app monitoring into VR ops is to give our, you know, VI and, and cloud infrastructure managers that full line of sight uh, from the infrastructure all the way up to the applications and get, uh, you know, kind of the, the full topology of all of the objects in between and be able to evaluate holistically the health of the environment and kind of drill down and probe into uh, where specific issues may reside, right? So if, uh, you know, is the issue... Uh, occurring within the app, or is it part of the underlying infrastructure? Uh, and then, you know, there's a, a series of really useful kind of out-of-the-box dashboards that help kind of drill into that even further. And 
easily report that information out to other users in the organization. So I got to drill down before you. So sure. first off, telegraph agents, right? Um, Wavefront uses them. I know they use an open source framework. So yep. are the agents open sourced? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The endpoint operations. I mean, it was getting a bit long in the tooth. So um, being able to use, you know, telegraph kind of make that make that shift. Um, you can still use endpoint operations in seven five, mm-hmm. um, but expect that you know we're going to be moving telegraph, uh, um, you know, primarily for application monitoring. But right. Okay, so how many uh, how many are out there, right? Like, uh, you know, there's a lot. Is yeah. there a lot lot out there? Are we talking fifty, one hundred, a thousand? What's how big is the community when we're talking about those agents? Because that's that's part of the key, right? Right. And then how hard is it, or how easy it is it to write one, right? If you need one, and is there a community of people that are uh, writing these things as we go forward? Um. Yeah, and if you don't know, it's okay. I'm just, I'm yeah, just, I'm, I'm not really sure if, if there's much customization on the agent itself going on, right. uh, particularly with ops. But um, yeah, yeah. So that's that leads me to the next question: What sure. are what is the agent actually looking at mm-hmm. uh, when you're monitoring applications? Like, uh, yeah, the Apache server is there right. a request on a port number? Does it still respond to request? What what is it? What's that framework look like? Or how, what am I monitoring? Yeah, exactly. So, so Apache, MySQL, right? Um, uh, common applications. Um, so it's going to go out. It's going to detect those applications, pull it in ops, and then we can see things like uh, with Apache, right? Like HTTP requests. Um, SQL, we can see the individual, or MySQL, we can see individual databases. Okay, um, so the know, agent itself has, yeah, built enough that then, and then it's reporting back. Exactly. How are you? Re- how are you graphing? How are you visualizing that that stuff? That application monitoring now? Yeah, we we've got some dashboards, uh, in particular around application monitoring um, that that can be consumed that way. Um, obviously, you know, we're pulling in these metrics, so you can you can kind of twist and turn it, tweak it however you like. Um, you can create your own dashboards. You can consume them just as metrics. Um, you know, if we want to look at things from a kind of a different angle, you can create your own metrics. We can create reports with it. Um, just just a lot of different ways that, that you can consume this information. So this is all new in 7.5 then, right? So yeah. no one that's listening to this has probably seen any of this, unless they were beta. Yeah, exactly, right. exactly. So right. um, John Diaz did, uh, did a great job writing some blog posts that on the uh, mm-hmm. uh, management, uh, I think it's blogs.vmware.com slash management. Uh, if you check those out, um, he did a really nice four-part series of what's new, uh, diving into a lot of these features. Um, we're going to be writing more you know, deeper technical uh, blogs for individual features as well. But uh, I think it was like part four, John dove really well into the application monitoring. So um, that would be a good place to go, kind of get some familiarity with it. Mm-hmm. Adoption, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we, I'll, I'll go back to it. I, I'm... Trying to remember what your answer was on how many enterprise customers are actually using this. If we had a thousand enterprise customers, what do we think the ratio of people that are starting to, you know, really use management apps like uh, vRealize operations to actually control control all the infrastructure? Where do we think we are? Fifty percent, twenty percent, eighty percent. Gosh, you have no idea. Yeah, I, I have no idea. Yeah. Both yeah. I'm new. brand new. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. Uh, interesting. Uh, any any touching on networking yet? Uh, we you're obviously doing storage. Mm-hmm. You're doing compute. Uh, you know, obviously networking. Obviously, will come sooner or later here. Yeah. I mean, you know, still uh, network insight still the go to if you want to look like packet flows. Um, but we do have management packs for like NSXT, uh, NSX, right? Okay. Um, uh, physical switches. So uh, you can still pull in metrics from uh, from that infrastructure too. Nice. So. Nice. Um, what are your what what are some of the challenges that you guys have seen now that you're you're getting into the job? Picking a favorite feature, yeah, uh. picking a favorite feature. <laughs> and do you see you know, from a training perspective and and mm-hmm. bringing IT because a lot of the people that are listening are obviously IT practitioners, right. experts, and so forth. Um, do you see is there things that they need to learn in order to move to this level where they're actually using the product? Because my my assumption would be adoption of vRealize operations is probably twenty percent, right? Yeah, you know, let's put sure. a stake in the ground and go like, yeah, but you know, like fifty percent or sixty percent of all customers just use vSphere, right? Mm-hmm. That's all they use, right? Then we start looking at, okay, how many people are using storage, right? Like, like right. well, we're like 35 or 40. We're climbing that a little bit. Uh, so then I would put vRealize operations somewhere in the 20%, which means as an administrator, where do you go to start uh, learning this? And when do you start to realize that this is going to be valuable for you? And what do I save? What do I mm-hmm. save from doing this? Because there's an X amount of work I have to do to get 
this setup and run it? And then how is this going to make my life easier? So sure. from an IT practitioner perspective, I'm trying to get a lay of the land. Yeah. I mean, as far as standing it up, um, there's there's not a lot to it. So it's deploying OVA, right? We've all done that um, hundreds of times, thousands of times. But um, then you, you just connect it to vCenter and start pulling in all that data. So, you know, all we do, we just give it credentials to vCenter um, and we start pulling in those metrics. And then, um, you know, like Matt was saying, it's, it's, it's no longer expert friendly. So um, if you wanted to just dive in, I mean, it's, it's one of those products that when I started using it, I just dove in, right? I mean, um, yeah, we could, we could read the manual and all that stuff, but um, a lot of it was actually pretty self-explanatory um, until you start diving into like, you know, this metric versus that metric, um, but, Setting up agents, watching yeah, your apps, that kind of stuff. Exactly, That's really yeah. More challenging. Right. Right. Um, so, right. I mean, good good resources to start. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we're, keep an eye out for our blogs, uh, some of our deeper dives into a lot of the new features, um, so, how to use them. We're going to be doing videos. So you mentioned HCI. I'll switch subjects mm-hmm. again. Sure, yeah. Because we've killed that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, hyperconverged infrastructure is, is already there. It's all a mm-hmm. unit. Um, why does this make sense for HCI? Where did you go in uh, the new release to kind of target that? Yeah. Um, you know, HCI, it's, it's been a bit of a challenge with, you know, capacity planning, troubleshooting, um, you know, just using vCenter to manage your HCI. Um, you know, there, there could be some gaps. There are some gaps there. But then there's also, you know, just having a single place to go to get all that information. Um, you know, we've created new summary pages for, uh, you know, vSAN clusters, uh, uh, disk groups. Um, if you, you know, if you're running like stretched vSAN clusters, for example, right, this is something that can be kind of difficult to figure out, okay, what's running where, uh, do I have enough capacity it, between both fault domains? Um, you know, we've got a dashboard that, that, you know, really drills down into, um, into that, um, you know, so so really, we're we're kind of the one-stop shop for vSAN management, really. You know, and that's that's what we built it for. Like Matt said, you know, we made vSAN a first-class citizen, and I want to say six seven. I think's first time we uh, we included it in the product. Um, so I mean, yeah, really, just been a lot of focus on. Okay, cool. Focus on that. Uh, I have a list of a couple other things that sure. uh, we can drill down into here, right? Which is uh, physical to virtual, virtual to multi-cloud. So, you know, we, 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 we're coming into a cloud world. I'm sure everyone at the company has various roadmaps of things that they have to build to make it to, uh, to, to multi-cloud. And then a hybrid cloud environment also. Where are you guys headed in this space? Yeah, I think I think one of the biggest things that we'll probably see from VMware in 2019 is is more kind of solution selling and less uh, I think focusing just on uh, on specific individual products, right? And so I think the value, the biggest value proposition uh, that VMware is able to offer is the uh, kind of DIY, DIY uh, you know, private or hybrid cloud, right? So uh, VMware is is the only company that I'm aware of that you're, you're able to essentially bundle all the building bo- blocks for a cloud uh, and and put that together within your data center. And then, uh, you know, through VMware Cloud on AWS uh, and, you know, a number of the other public cloud integrations that, that we've been forming uh, kind of, uh, you know, extend that uh, to the hybrid cloud world as well. Uh, and so I think I think that is uh, yeah that's just a big point of value that I think um, you'll see you'll see more emphasis around uh, this year um, just in terms of kind of vCloud foundation and and being able to bundle all those things together just as as kind of an easy uh, you know DIY for the hybrid cloud. Nice, nice. All right, um, so. Hybrid cloud, um, multi-cloud, uh, how about hosted service? Have we touched base on any of that? Any plans to, of ending up being with uh, a hosted service? I mean, possibly. If you look at you know a lot of our other solutions, Network Insight, um, we get like Log Intelligence, right, which is the uh, SaaS version of uh, Log Insight. I mean, that's, that's the way a lot of things are going. Um, so... Right. Possibly, yeah. So I'll I'll take you down APIs, right, and mm. uh, Power CLI, REST APIs, that kind of stuff. Where are we going from a? I want a script automation. Is does it even make sense to do kind of uh, automated uh, scripts to actually interact with? Uh, 
speed it, ramps. Yeah, it does. I mean, you know, we, we see a lot of customers that are you want to pull this information, pull these metrics into their own tool. Um, you know, if they have their own um, reporting tool, you know, homebrew kind of thing. Um, you know, we, we do see that as, as kind of well, really the, the biggest use case for, um, you know, any of the API-driven you know, request for, for VR ops. So that's, that's what it really is, is interact with it, just get the report data back and then do something with that data. Exactly. Um, yeah, that or, or pushing data too, if, if we need to get some custom metrics in there and so forth. Um, but mostly just pulling. So on pulling on metrics and so forth, um, yeah, reporting, right? Mm -hmm. So new, new enhancements with, with, with reporting, I hear. Yeah, yeah, there are. So um, with things like uh, uh, list views, Right. Um, we can create a uh, say we just want to run a report across our entire data center. Right. Uh, I want to see capacity of all of my um, uh, clusters. Right. The old way that we did it was we would just basically dump everything out and then you can deal with it as you like. Uh, but now we can group things by, you know, in this case, cluster. Uh, we can say, okay, these are all the virtual machines that run on this cluster. I can create a summary for that cluster, right? And then at the bottom of the report, I can still have my my totals for everything. Um, so a lot more around organization. Um, you know, there are some customizations, uh, you know, being able to add your own um, front page, uh, you know, graphics to the to the report, um, you know, some, some coloring, uh, you know, that you can do with some of the, some of the views as well. But um, for me, anyways, the biggest thing is just being able to organize those reports, make them a little bit more digestible. Some of the reports that are always interesting to me is cost management reporting, mm -hmm. reporting, yep. right? Have you guys spent uh, a little bit of time helping us manage our costs? Yeah. Yeah. A lot went into costing um, and, and capacity some, management. Some new stuff in 7.5. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so we've got uh, costing specific for uh, hyperconverged infrastructure too. Um, so again, kind of along that same vein of, uh, of improvements with HCI, you know, we recognize that um, the old cost model, right? We just say, okay, I have this uh, this type of server, um, I own it or I lease it, I paid this much for it, right? Very one dimensional. But with vSAN, obviously, we need to split things up between compute and um, storage too, right? So that that server that you maybe paid nine thousand dollars for now that you've loaded up with ssds might cost you you know two three times as much we want to split those costs out because when we start to look at things like you know, reclaiming capacity right uh, for looking at snap snapshots or uh, we just included uh, orphan vmdks right we can start to put a cost savings around that <clears throat> so being able to break that up between um you know out of this you know thirty thousand i paid for this host you know maybe forty percent of it went to the chassis and cpu and memory the rest of it's all for um, disk, right? We can split those costs out. Now we can give some true, uh, you know, true cost savings for, for vSAN customers. I just yearn for, yearn for the days where you didn't have to do all this work, yeah, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. Right, the, the, the IT practitioner's job and, and just managing cloud ops now, mm -hmm. it's like, there's just so much to it. Yeah. If you're right. using Excel, you're probably doing it wrong, but yeah, <laughs> you know, right, so it's all right. there. Yeah. Right. And, and, and you can't get away from it because cost is a big thing, right? Right. And running cloud services now and running cloud and this, 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 the cloud ops job, right? Which IT practitioners are going to get into this business of managing, you know, cloud ops and your data center is just another cloud, yep. right? It's yep. just another thing offering up app services, right? And at a cost, right? Your job is going to be in these reports, managing these reports and managing, you know, costs out to different groups. Exactly. Yep. Right. Right. Uh, and, and I started VMware 12 years ago and it was kind of like, everybody's like, oh yeah, some kind of chargeback, right? You know, that yeah. we should figure out what a chargeback policy is. Where now it's like, we have a whole application that, you know, is not only managing your infrastructure, right? And all the operations, but then giving you this ability to then run these reports, get these reports and then allocate it out. Do we see any of that actually going to departments where they can actually look at their costs and see what they're consuming does i don't mm -hmm. know if vrel's operations does that but uh, i could see where self-serve if i'm a business owner like i can go to aws right now mm -hmm. and get go look at my daily costs and see what see what that's looking like right um so yeah i mean particularly with the cloud provider space so within um you know we have an add-on for cloud provider for vcpps um where you can start to do chargeback uh you know, but traditionally, and, and even still, you know, if you're going to do any sort of chargeback, uh, vRealize Business for Cloud is still um, the go-to. Um, if you're talking public cloud and you want to start consuming those costs, you know, say you're in finance, um, you know, that's where cloud health really, really shines. Um, right. But, you know, even even for the VI admin, too, I mean, when, when I was doing this and you got to call up a customer and say, I got to reclaim capacity, right? You're, you're wasting CPU and memory. 
you know, 99% of the times, nope, sorry, you know, I need this. Um, just having that little bit of leverage, too, to say, hey, but this is costing us X amount, right? Give a little bit of show back, starts to give you a little bit more leverage, um, you know, particularly with management of, you know, really, like, this This is the impact of the business of not doing this. So, you know, really can kind of impact anyone from, yeah, uh, systems administrators all the way up to finance. Yeah, I, I think that's that's been one of the easiest kind of initial ways for customers of VR ops, especially in the last few editions since we started integrating costing, uh, to kind of prove that value uh, and, and you know reclaim some value from their environment, right? So identifying, uh, you know, idle VMs or snapshots or, or whatever it may be, uh, being able to kind of um, you know quantify the benefit of reclaiming those. Uh, and reintroducing that capacity into the environment and then kind of report out on that in a, a simple, digestible, shareable way uh, with the, the custom shareable dashboards that we have in there. Mm. Um, so that's, I, I, I think that's, that's got to be you know, one of the most common use cases that we hear uh, quantifiable value from our customers on. So, Yeah, there is a, a really great blog out there on, um, or I'll, I don't know if this is a blog or if this is just a doc, uh, just do a shout out and I'll put it in the chat window. Or I think uh, somebody already asked put it in the chat window. Uh, I think Tony did. Uh, Tony Foster did. So thanks, Tony. Shout out to you for putting that. The the ar the article is called V Realize Operations uh, 7.5. Release notes, right? So you have yep. the release notes for the product. It has a really nice article on all the things that are new that we've touched base on on these pillars, right? So yep. between reporting and efficient efficient capacity and cost management, which we touched on, to actually simplified troubleshooting, right? So they have some, and these are all just new features in the release notes, right? So don't forget to go out to the release notes, take a look at all the new new features are there if you're an existing uh, user. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, and the the release notes are are great, of course, about kind of getting into the the nitty gritty of everything that's been introduced in seven five. We've also got a section up on the main VR Ops product page, so uh, VMware dot com slash VRealize dash operations. I think anyway, the the VRealize operations page. We've got a section near the top on what's new in seven five and kind of breaks these down into more digestible uh, use cases. That's where uh, you can see kind of the announcement blog and some of John Diaz's, uh, you know, technical breakdowns of what's new. Um, we've got some videos up there and, and some guy talking other... vSAN up there. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Some weirdo talking yeah. about vSAN management. Uh, and uh, yeah, just a, a lot of other really helpful resources. Where so. do we get these guys? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I don't know. Right. Um, we have, we have maybe a few more minutes left, 10 more yeah. minutes to the podcast. So I thought I would say simplifying troubleshooting. This stands out here, right? Sure. We all have to deal with troubleshooting. Uh, so it looks like, and I, I got to kind of ask like, is there a way to snapshot like this? You know, I'm at a point of time. Mm -hmm. I just saw X three servers go down and cluster. Like how do I then snapshot that and then go back to and figure out what actually happened? Yeah. I mean, you know, if we're talking metrics or, or, I mean, we can consume properties too. So if, if the change was made um, that gets captured, we, we capture that on a timeline now. So, um, you know, we can go back to historical point in time because it's, you know, there's there's that event, but there's also the time period leading up to that event that, right. you know, we want to be able to go back and, and take a look at. So we can we can obviously customize the time window that we're looking at. Um, uh, but, you know, if there's changes made, um, uh, actually a big thing would be like virtual machine creation. I know it's not really in the vein of troubleshooting, but I know there's there's a lot of requests for, um, you know, reports. But, hey, when, when was this VM created? You know, we can point that out on, as a point in time. Um, you know, within VROPS uh, uh, to consume that information. So, um, right. That, that's nice because I think yeah. that's one of the biggest problems that I have running a more complicated environment is just trying to debug when something does go wrong. How do I go right. look at historically what actually happened and, and can I do that? And it looks like you've spent some time working on features. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, uh, you know, you can also go and look back at, you know, uh, from a metric standpoint, what was occurring in your environment at that time uh, with the, the new um, super metrics workflows that we have and the kind yeah. of on-the-fly calculations. So that's, that's a really useful feature for that as well. Exactly. So, so right. So we've got, um, with the vein of, got some nice echo going on here. So with, with the vein of troubleshooting, right, and, and trying to cut down that, that time to remediation, 
um, we've got the metric correlation too. Whereas before, it's like, okay, I'm trying to troubleshoot something. I know, you know, CPU. This cor- kind of correlates with what you know my my users are are reporting. Um, so I've got a starting point there. Okay, but CPU is only one part of the story. Well, now I got to open up memory and I want to open up disk and I want to see what the performance of that whole virtual machine is doing. Um, so now, you know, again with metric correlation. Yeah, I used to have to go and click through, you know, 100 clicks to, to get all the metrics, close them out, you know, things that, that didn't quite match. Um, but now I can just say, ops, just just do it for me. Um, the supermetric, yeah, on-the-fly supermetrics too, you know, if you're doing, uh, if you're building out something, um, I don't know, troubleshooting um, an, an issue and you need to create your own metric to, you know, again, kind of consume that data from a different angle, um, it used to be, yeah, you'd create the supermetric. And we had this, you know, nice little preview window and, you know, a lot of customers said, why can't I consume that? Because that preview window, that, that's creating all these supermetrics on the fly. Why can't I consume that as a regular metric? Um, so now, you know, we can do that. So without having to go in, um, create a supermetric, apply it to a policy, and wait to collect that information, we can now, you know, again, calculate that all on the fly, um, you know, for historical, for, for troubleshooting. So, um, and then, of course, we've got the dashboards too, right? The, the workflows of you know, pick a cluster, pick a, you know, host and so forth, and just kind of work through the workflows of, you know, trying to drill down right. to the individual levels. So last, I'll, I'll just throw out there the configuration and compliance, right? Mm-hmm. Which, you know, you do have to, you have to, you know, worry it's about necessary these days. Yeah. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. Especially when it comes to security. So it looks like you've done some work around uh, supporting security configurations um, yep. out there that's new in this release. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we still have the vSphere hardening guides, uh, HIPAA, PCI, you know, um, uh, FISMA, a uh, bunch of different management packs for that. But now, you know, again, we, we get a lot of feedback of, okay, but these management packs, you know, really slice and dice everything at the virtual machine level, at the host level, at the virtual distributed switch level. I'm only concerned, you know, concerned with a single domain. You know, maybe it's a, um, I want to provide compliance to my customers, so I only want them to see virtual machines, or maybe I'm creating my own compliance rules, right? Um, you know, so now you can consume that as a customized, uh, you know, uh, compliance pack basically um, that they can create, send to your customers, send to your security team. Say, you know, instead of saying, hey, we've got, um, we're not compliant in these 500 areas, right? Ignore 300 of them because we're not concerned about it. Now you can really, you know, kind of scope that down to what, what you're specifically concerned about. All right. And then coming up into 2019, you guys uh, obviously doing roadshows, talking mm-hmm. about the products. Do you ever get out to customer sites? Do you go to visit VMugs? Uh, what's your external, you know, footprint look like? Yeah, I mean, we're we're you know what a week and a half into uh, release, maybe two weeks now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Time flies. We we were just in uh, Atlanta last week, uh, Forum Power, talking to all of our partners, showing off right. these new features. Um, so, I mean, we're really just getting started. How did, uh, how was Atlanta? It was, it was, we were supposed to go, but then we didn't get tickets. So we, really? me and Corey ah. didn't end up going. So it kind of Bugger. fell through. Yeah. yeah. Uh, was it, was it busy? How, how, how was the partner event? It, it was pretty busy. Yeah. I mean, we, we had some, uh, well-attended events. Um, right. did you do a session? Yeah. Yeah. Matt and I did a session. I did a session on HCI. Yeah. Um, I think we had 16 total operations management sessions. Uh, yeah. There were some repeats in there too. So it was, yeah, it was a good, uh, wow. busy. Yeah. good yeah, empower exactly. for, yeah. for yeah. VR ops. How many sure. people were there? Do we know what the, how, what the I event mean, size was? Was it scope wise? Was it like a yeah, hundred, a thousand or a couple thousand? I think it's in the scope of like a thousand to thousand, two thousand. That would, yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very good. Yeah, that sounds about right. A couple yeah, thousand partners. Yeah. Yeah. We, we apologize to all the experts who uh, we didn't get to do a tweet up like we thought we were going to do over there, but that's good. So you're on the you're 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 in the launch. Um, do you guys get into kind of like getting feedback for the product from customers and then uh, interacting with the engineering team? Yeah, is that part of your role? Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, we we have uh, calls with uh, um, some of our design partners, so customers who mm-hmm. use the product who help us to drive. Um, a lot of these things, we get you know feedback from Twitter, from from all sorts of channels, right? I mean, even internally, our our TAMs and our SEs saying, "Hey, my customer would really like this." Uh, even at Empower, I get like two or three feature requests that um, you know we took right up straight to product management to get yeah. productized uh, for future releases. So, um, yeah, yeah, we we work very closely with the product management team, and so yeah, as as we're listening to you know our, our customers and listening to um, you know 
common or, or useful feature requests, we're definitely shooting those along. I, I can literally stand up and holler a feature request to to Sunny uh, from a couple cubes over. So yeah, we're we're very tightly intertwined with them. I think uh, something that's new in seven five that is is a a good kind of um, example of that is uh, that we brought the allocation model back for capacity yeah. planning. Uh, so that's something that uh, you know we had been kind of moving more towards demand based capacity planning. Uh, which, you know, a lot of our customers really enjoyed and is a, a you know, really useful real-time way of uh, managing capacity. But we, we did have some customers who, uh, you know, based on internal constraints or, or policies or, or whatever, uh, had to use the allocation model. And so that was kind of a barrier to them upgrading into, uh, you know, VR Ops 7.0. And so we definitely listened to those customers and we brought back allocation. So you can use demand or allocation uh, as a policy to manage your capacity uh, today. And so, uh, yeah. Nice, nice. Exactly. All right. Well, we're uh, up against the hour, and they're they're running a VForms event, I think, all week. So they're going right. to come into the podcast room. They're they're bundling up outside here. So the first time ever, I think we were going to be getting booted out of our own <laughs> podcast room. Um, but uh, so we should probably wrap up. Anything sure. else you guys want to convey to the audience? Yeah, I mean, for uh, you know more information on new features, vrealize.vmware.com. Uh, we're going to be creating a whole lot more content. We're going to be putting it all out there. I also want to plug, John Diaz has put a ton of work into um, our, our sample exchange. So if you go to code.vmware.com, click on sample exchange, there's uh, you can share dashboards. Like where, yeah, where yeah. you can get, go get stuff. Yeah, you can yeah. share dashboards. Um, and then we just released a supermetric um, uh, you know, uh, sample exchanges or solutions exchange as well. So uh, if you're creating supermetrics, if you want to consume supermetrics, dashboards, things like that, go check that out and just you know share all right. Well, well, cool. That's uh, it's great. Uh, again, we have in the uh, on our show Matt Bradford, uh, technical product line marketing manager for VRL, VROPS, VRealize yes. Operations <laughs> Manager. Uh, 7.5 is the launch, and Matt Jones, product manager. Thanks, guys, for coming, yeah, uh, being thanks, on Eric. the show, and uh, sharing what you do in your day to job, where you work, where you live, and uh, and uh, what your goals are for next year. So we're looking forward to you. I'm assuming you'll be at VMworld, so Absolutely, everybody will probably yeah. get to see a couple sessions with you there. Come in, say hello to these guys, uh, make them yeah. feel a part of the V community, and uh, thanks a lot for coming. Yeah, thanks yeah. so much, Eric. Yeah. Thanks for having right. us, Eric. All right, that'll end it up. Tony Foster, do you have a barbecue report for anybody? Um, I don't know if you ran into any good barbecue this week. I know I have one thing. A barbecued awesome. grilled cheese. Gotta love that. Gotta love that. <laughs> I saw a pretty good uh, charred salmon, right? I mean, we're oh, talking nice. like blackened salmon like crusty black crust on the on the salmon i thought i would give this a tr give that a try this weekend you just you know light oh, up the coals really and good. put on a salmon but these guys blackened it i think they put like uh, a marinade on it and it, it must have sugar base because it basically had a thick crust of, of and you break it open and the salmon's inside it so sounded pretty good and with that we're at the top of the hour so we're gonna we're gonna give the studio to somebody else thanks a lot for joining guys and uh, we'll see you again next week thanks a lot Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.